0: You're listening to the Banner Church Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. For more information, visit us online at thebannerchurch.com. Okay, let's talk this morning about parenting for a second. Uh, If you don't have kids, I'm going to fill you in with some details. If you do have kids, you can identify. Uh, There are a lot of things they do not tell you in parenting. So I want to tell a couple to you this morning. First of all, they don't tell you when you become a parent how many diapers you're going to be changing, and they definitely do not tell you how much diapers cost. They don't tell you how little sleep you're going to be getting. They don't tell you uh, how excited your kids, uh, how excited you're going to be for your kids to talk, and they're also not going to tell you, people never tell you this, how excited you're going to be for your kids to stop talking. Probably one of the biggest things they don't tell you about having kids is that How many questions a human child can ask in a single day? Okay, I I don't know the science of this. I I don't know the research, but based off my own data collection, I will tell you that the average five-year-old little girl can ask roughly six billion questions in one single day. What's amazing is that little kids somehow possess this ability to be aware of nothing that's happening in their life and yet they can ask the most like, life-shaking, difficult question right as you're pulling up to order at Starbucks or like right when you're walking into church. or like right They ambush you at like, the perfect and imperfect moment with a tough question. They save the tough ones for bedtime. All right, let me give you an example. I'm going to share this with you. Half of you are going to believe me, and the other half are going to be like, there's no way that's true, but it's true. Trust me. I'm putting my daughter down to bed, we do our normal bedtime routine, brush the teeth, read the book, do prayers, tucking her into bed. I tuck her in. I say, okay, good night. I love you. I go to walk out of the room, and I just hear from the back, Papa? And that's what she calls me. And I say, yes, Lucy, because at this point, I'm, I'm ready to go. And she asked me this question. I, I'm not joking. She goes, why did they have to sit in the back of the bus? To which I'm like, what and I know you're thinking like oh, this is a great teaching moment at at 8 o'clock at night You have no idea what's happening. And so I'm like wait what who what what bus <laughs> like what are you talking about? And she goes Martin Luther and I'm like wait the, the reformer or uh, Civil right what <laughs> What Martin Luther <laughs> are we talking and she goes and, and I'm like wait what y- you mean Rosa Parks? And she's like who and I'm like no What are you talking? And so I'm like thinking in my brain, and as I'm thinking, she looks up at me in her sweet eyes and goes, why did they kill Abraham Lincoln? And I'm thinking in this moment, like, girl, I don't have enough time to explain any of this to you, and you have your dates so wrong, we'd have to get like a whole timeline going. Why did they kill Abraham Lincoln? It's it's all over the place. So four hours later, when I finally tuck her in, and I can leave after explaining really deep things about the civil rights movement, and even before that, the Civil War, apparently, because this is what they're teaching at kindergarten. I kid you not. Uh, I was reflecting on kids ask tough questions. Uh, I was I've been reading to Lucy about... Uh, The the crucifixion about the resurrection heading into Easter She has this little kids Bible and she asks all these really hard questions like why they didn't like Jesus and and what you know Like why Jesus was the son of God, but what does that mean? He's his kid or you know She asked good questions and one of the questions that she asked me that I actually get a lot that I want to talk about today is this Why did Jesus have to die? She asked it, why did they kill Jesus? She's really pressing into this lately. I don't know, something about justice. Uh, But the question that I get often is, why did Jesus have to die? Maybe you've actually asked that question before. I think it's a pretty common question. Right about this time of year, heading into Easter, I get this question a lot. Why did Jesus have to die? Why uh, do we as a church focus so much on the death Of Jesus, right? Maybe you didn't grow up in church, but you had like a really uh, God-fearing church-going grandmother and you wondered as a kid like why does Abuelita have so many crucifixes in her house? Like I don't know who this is, but she either deeply loves him or deeply hates him I don't know what's happening here, but she had all these pictures of 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 some guy with long curly hair (laughs) on a cross in her house. Why, why so much on the crucifixion, right? Uh, have you ever wondered why do we sing so much songs about the blood of Jesus? Maybe you've never been to a church. Or you went to a church one time, and you went in, and you sat in a row. You're like, okay, let's Let's hope this doesn't get weird, and you're sitting there, everyone stood up, so you felt like you had to stand up, and the worship pastor, because worship pastors love songs about the blood of Jesus, he's just like, the blood, the blood of Jesus. He's just going for it with all of his heart, and you're there thinking like, what is he talking about? You're looking at your non-Christian friend that you brought with you, and you're like, how do I even begin to explain what's happening, and that we've said the word blood like 32 times in this one song, right? These are the questions that we think about. Why do we talk so much about the death of Jesus? Why did Jesus have to die? If you have ever asked that question, I want to affirm you in your journey that that is one of the most important questions you can ask. Everything about the death of Jesus, everything about his blood that was shed for us has eternal significance. If we can understand, and if you can understand today, why Jesus had to die, and you can better understand his resurrection, and as you more clearly understand his death and resurrection, the more clearly you can grasp the hope and the healing that he's come to bring you. And so to better understand the resurrection, we need to first understand Palm Sunday, which is today. And in order to do that, we need to understand the Passover. You're like, why? This is too many dates. Well, Because the Passover is the reason that Easter is always changing dates. Have you ever wondered why does Easter always land on a different day? Every Christmas, every December 25th, I know December 25th, I'm waking up. I'm having some pancakes, and I'm opening up some presents every December 25th. But most of us have no idea when Easter's coming. Chances are I'm going to wake up at 9 o'clock in the morning, have to go into my fridge, get some eggs, quickly sharpie some marker onto them, throw them in the backyard, and tell my daughter to find them. Why does it change all the time? I'm going to tell you why. Passover is the reason why Easter changes dates. Easter always follows Passover. So when's Passover. Passover is the first Thursday after the first full moon after the vernal equinox. I know. I know wherever you are in your room that that just touched your life and you're ready now to surrender your heart to Jesus, but just wait. Trust me. No, I, we're like, what does that mean? First Thursday after the first full moon after the vernal equinox. Passover is based on the lunar calendar. The vernal equinox is the first day of spring. So I'm going to say it again. Store this, save it. Uh, Single guys keep this at parties to impress women. You never know. Here it is. Passover is the first Thursday. It's a good thing to take notes. After the first full moon after the vernal equinox. That's good. Store that in your heart. We'll get there. What is Passover? Passover is a festival where Israel celebrates God delivering them out of slavery in Egypt. Passover is a festival of remembrance. So we're going to talk about Jesus in the book of Mark here, but let's go back before we do that 1,500 years. The people of God had come to Egypt, and they'd settled in a land called Goshen. But eventually, they were made to be slaves under Pharaoh. And so as they were enslaved under Pharaoh, they began to cry out to God, and they began to use this very important word, Hosanna. If you're in your room, your living room, your kitchen, your hallway, whatever, just say loudly, Hosanna, so that your neighbors know that you're worshiping God. They would say, Hosanna. And so what would happen is they would gather together and someone would shout out, God, save us. And all the people would shout, Hosanna. And they would say, God, rescue us, Hosanna. God, deliver us, Hosanna. And so for years they would gather saying, Hosanna, 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 Hosanna!" crying out to God. Until finally, God sent Moses to free his people. And so Moses goes to Pharaoh, and he says, Pharaoh, you got to release my people. And Pharaoh says, there is not a chance that you're getting any of these slaves released. And so what happens? Is that God sends plague after plague after plague. We did a series on Exodus. You can go back. You can go on the podcast. You can listen to it. We're not going to go through every plague, but we are going to talk about the 10th plague. If you got your Bible, open up to Exodus 12, 1 through 14. If you're watching on our online platform, it's actually available in the notes section. You just click Bible. I'm reading from the ESV. The notes will be on the screen, but I want to encourage you to follow along because we're going to read about a special moment where Pharaoh is so defiant to God that, in fact, rather than free the slaves, he actually begins to kill their firstborn sons and kill the children of Israel to wipe them out. But we're going to talk about the 10th plague. The 10th plague is the plague of death. And we're going to be in Exodus 12, 1 through 14. So Pharaoh in the 10th plague is defiant to God. And he's basically, rather than releasing the slaves, he doubles down on his whole vibe and decides to start killing more of the slaves. And so God warns him and says, listen, I'm going to send a plague that will bring death to Egypt, but he warns the people of Israel. He says, listen, an angel of death is going to go over all the land, but I'm going to set you apart. So if you Uh, If you do what I instruct you to do, then rather than having the plague of death come over your house, it's going to pass over you. And so he prepares to send this plague that is going to kill either the firstborn male of every family or the firstborn male of every animal. And yet he begins to set apart the people of Israel in a special way. And this is going to set us up for explaining why does Jesus have to die? So let's go there to Exodus 12, verse 1, and we're going to read together. Let's say one more time. When is Passover? If you remember, you get a gold, a digital gold star. Passover is the first Thursday after the first full moon after the vernal equinox. Okay, let's read. Exodus 12, verse 1. Type amen if you're with us today. It says this. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, this month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. So God is setting in place the motion of what's going to happen. So begin to catch the dates and write them down if that helps you. Verse 3, tell all the congregations of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's house, a lamb for the household. So this date is historically important and you should write it down. The 10th day is lamb selection day. Okay, we're going to keep going. Verse four. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons. According to what each can eat, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Okay, the tenth day, lamb selection day, you're to go out and find a lamb without blemish. Or another way of saying is a perfect spotless lamb and then it says this verse 6 and you shall keep it until the 14th day of this month when the kids are nice and attached to it when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight so on the 10th day you pick a perfect lamb on the 14th day the community will, will slaughter it. he hasn't told us why yet. he's just telling us the what Verse seven says, then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the house in which they eat it. So he's saying, take the blood of this perfect spotless lamb and put it over your house. Verse eight says they shall eat the flesh that night roasted on fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They shall eat it. Why did he say unleavened bread? Is there like a gluten allergy or things that are cropping up in uh, in Egypt at the time? No, it's because he wanted his people to be ready. He's saying, listen, you've been crying out for generations. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. God save us. God rescue us, deliver us. And now I'm saying your salvation is here, but it's going to happen fast. And here's how he says to eat it. Verse 11, he says, In this manner you shall eat it, with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. You shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. How do you eat it? He said you eat it in haste. You get ready to be released from slavery. This is the thing. God sometimes is asking us as he's delivering us, are you ready to be released from slavery. See, the crazy thing about slavery is, is that we can get overly comfortable in our slavery to the point that when deliverance comes, we're not ready for it because we are so comfortable in our bondage, in our slavery. But God says, listen, I don't want you to be comfortable in your slavery. I want you prepared for what I'm going to do. So be ready. Verse 12, he says, for I will pass through the land of Egypt that night. I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast on all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. He says this verse 13, the blood shall be a sign for you on the house where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Everyone say Passover wherever you are. And no plague will befall you to destroy you. So this is the formula on the 10th day you're to go out and find a perfect spotless lamb. On the 14th day, you're to slaughter the lamb and put the blood as a symbol that death has come to pass over you. And here, that's what they did. And then it says, verse 14, They, this shall be a day for you to be a memorial day, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations as a statute forever. You shall keep it as a feast. So that's what they did. On the 10th day, they went out and they got a perfect spotless lamb. And then on the 14th day, they slaughtered it and they put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost and they ate their Passover meal celebrating their deliverance. And here's what happens. If you have your Bible, jump over to verse 30. It says this: And Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all his servants and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where someone was not dead. And he summoned Moses and Aaron by night and said, Up, go out from among my people, both you and the people of Israel, go and serve the Lord as you have said. Take your flocks and your herds as you have said, and be gone and bless me also. That right there is Passover. And for the next 1,500 years, the people of God celebrated Passover to celebrate their freedom. And so on the first Thursday, after the first full moon, after the vernal equinox, they would go out, they would gather a perfect spotless lamb, they would shout, Hosanna, 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 God save us, God rescue us, God deliver us. But can I tell you, God wanted more than to rescue them from slavery. God wanted more than to rescue them from national slavery. God had a greater plan for his people than just to rescue them from a a nation. He had a plan for something greater, so he would send them prophets for 1,500 years saying, Get ready, I'm sending a savior. And so every year, the people would gather together, and they would cry out. Can you just imagine 1,500 years, generation upon generation, they would get together, and they would celebrate Lamb Selection Day. They would find a perfect, spotless lamb. So if you jump with me to the day of Jesus in Mark with us as we're reading about the Messiah, the people of Israel, occupied by the Romans, crying out to God, God, rescue us. God, deliver us. They're crying out for help. And they're going throughout all the land, and they're looking for the perfect, spotless lamb. And they're crying out, Hosanna. They're crying out, Hosanna, God save us. Hosanna, Hosanna. And they're looking for that lamb, that lamb that will cover them from the scourge of death. Come upon them, that will deliver them and free them and release them. And they're shouting out with all their might for generations, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. And to the shouts of Hosanna, Jesus rides into Jerusalem. I want to read Mark 11, verse 8. If you're with me, open your Bible there. We're going to read together. And it says this And many, as Jesus is coming into Jerusalem, as many, and many spread their cloaks. On the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut from the fields. And those who went before him and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David! Hosanna in the highest! This is amazing. On the day the people were searching for a spotless lamb, God brought them the perfect spotless lamb once and for all. When John the Baptist saw Jesus, he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. See, Palm Sunday isn't just the weekend before Easter. Palm Sunday is the day we remember that 2,000 years ago, Jesus rode to your rescue and came to your rescue. That Jesus rode into Jerusalem ready to die for your sins, for my sins. He rode in as the perfect, spotless Lamb of God. When Jesus meets with his disciples and and they celebrate Passover in Luke 22, he uses uh, bread and wine as a symbol of the covenant. And they would have understood this. And he says, the bread now is actually my body. And the wine says my blood. Not the blood of this Lamb, but the blood of the Lamb. And they would have understood this that the perfect spotless lamb, the blood had to be shed to cover them. See, Jesus is dying as this perfect spotless lamb because deliverance has a price. He's dying to cover their debt, and he's teaching them in this moment. Why did Jesus have to die? 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God God made him who had no sin that's Jesus the perfect the spotless lamb the messiah to be sin for us that's called substitutionary atonement it's substitutionary because Jesus died in our place it's atonement because atonement means to wash or to wipe away see it means Jesus died in our place to pay our debt to take away our sin sin is when you and I put ourselves in God's place but salvation is when God came and put himself in our place Martin Luther referred to this as the wonderful exchange I want to read you this quote it says that is the mystery which is rich in divine grace to sinners whereby a wonderful exchange of our sins are no longer ours but Christ and the righteousness of Christ not Christ but ours He has emptied himself of his righteousness that he might clothe us with it and fill us with it. And he has taken our evils upon himself that he might deliver us from them. In the same manner as as he grieved and suffered in our sins and was confounded, in the same manner we rejoice and glory in his righteousness. See, it's the wonderful exchange because Jesus Christ transferred the debt of our sin onto himself. Think about this for a second. We bring our brokenness. We bring our sin. We bring our worst thoughts and our worst moments. All of our sin. All of the shame that separated us from a perfect God. And Jesus loves you so much that he takes it all onto himself willingly, and then he takes it to the cross. In exchange for our brokenness, in exchange for our unrighteousness, he gives us his righteousness. See, we couldn't pay the debt. We have a debt of sin. And when you're in debt, you can't pay the debt. But Jesus was perfect and spotless. Only he could pay the debt. And Jesus knows in the end, God will judge the world. But when he looks at you and I, as 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, he will not see our sin but the righteousness of Jesus because our sins have been paid. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. God delivered his people from Egypt, but he promised a greater deliverance from death. And for 1,500 years, on the 10th day, the people would pick a spotless, perfect lamb that they would slaughter on the 14th day and then celebrate. And for 1,500 years, they would do this. But it was God's Plan, knowing that one day as they were searching for a spotless lamb as they were searching for something to cover the scourge of death and bring salvation that Jesus would come in as the only lamb that could take away their sins why did he do it why did Jesus have to die for you and for me to reconcile us to himself through Christ see God loves you so much that he was willing to sacrifice immensely so that you and I might be returned to a loving communion with God. See, Palm Sunday is not just the week before Easter. Palm Sunday is why we learn why Jesus had to die for us. Palm Sunday is the day for you to hear or maybe some of you who have heard to remember that God has come to rescue you, that God has come to deliver you, that God has come to save you in your kitchen, in your living room, on headphones walking down the street, that God has come. Hosanna, 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 that he has come to take away your sins and your shame and today if you say yes to Jesus you're not waiting for him to ride in he has already taken your sin he has already taken your shame and he brings you the gift of eternal life he brings you the gift of hope and healing and so he invites you today to receive the hope and healing of Jesus Christ and to secure your eternity with a God who loves you so deeply and gave so greatly for your heart and your life and your soul. Today, I don't know where you are or where you're listening, but I do know that if you pray today, Jesus, I give you my heart, that he can do a miracle in your life and he can bring hope and healing in your life and he can restore your life today. And that he has taken your sin and your shame, and he has taken it to the cross. And so today I'm going to invite you to say yes to Jesus Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. Begin a new life with him. I'm going to invite everyone, wherever you are, to bow your heads, close your eyes, and pray with me today. Or just repeat after me, just say it out loud in your room with your neighbors, with your dogs watching, whatever, just pray this with me today. We have people that are going to invite you to click a link, but I want you to pray right now before you click it, or click it while we're praying, whenever you want to, make that commitment, let's pray together. Repeat after me, pray, Jesus. Come on, repeat after me in your room, no one's going to think you're weird, pray, Jesus. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. I surrender my heart to you as my Lord and Savior. I receive your grace and mercy. I step in to hope and healing. I choose today to follow you with all my life. In Jesus' name, amen.